word of the day. You keep using that word. I don't think it means what you think it means. Today's word of the day is sinistry. Glenn, do you have any idea what, what do you think sinistry means? S-Y-N-A-S-T-R-Y. Some of the church. Okay, wrong. Oh. The comparison of two or more natal charts in order to analyze or forecast the interaction of the individuals involved. Uh, I need to go back to school. Natal chart. You know what a natal chart is? No. I'm not going to Google that right now. I don't have time for that. We'll edit that back in later. No, we won't. I don't know what a natal chart is. But in order to analyze or forecast the interaction of two individuals involved, I understand that. So, sinistry. There you go. The uh, word of the day. And then Flan's unofficial word or Flan's word of the day unofficially brought to you by Urban Dictionary. Flan, are you ready for your word of the day? I am ready for the word of the day. It is lace front. Extremely relevant for us being in the position that we're at. Uh, lace front. Hood term for lace front wigs, which have become extremely popular since Beyonce started wearing them a few years ago. The hairline is glued to the scalp, which gives the wig such a realistic appearance. Lace front flan. I look forward to you incorporating that into your analysis at I'm some gonna, point I'm going to try my best. Yeah. We'll, we'll be over here holding our breath. Um, okay, so we've got, uh, I, and I say this every time. But this time, it just seems like it gets more realer every time, or more and more real every time I say it. We got a loaded show today, and there's just so much to talk about. Uh, Kyler Murray, Kareem Hunt, Antonio Brown, Anthony Davis, Tim Brown's back with the stat of the day. We got lots of winners and losers, and then of course the pop culture update. So, Brendan Flanagan. Yes. You ready to go? Always. Let's get it on. Cohort Sports Report, Gas Bags with Fun Facts, the show for regular Joes by regular Joes, sponsorship free because nobody wants to pay the sponsorship fee. My name is Jeff Woodworth. I am joined in the garage studio by my friend and my co-host, Brendan Flanagan. How's it going? 
Okay. All right. A very enthusiastic hello. Um, that's good because we've kind of lost you there towards the end of both episodes or the past two episodes. So let's really, see if we really really long episodes. Okay. Well, we'll see if you can keep the momentum rolling. Uh, you're starting off very strong right now. Thank you. Uh, most recent uh, discovery by Flan was a certain celebrity <laughs> and uh, and leaked pictures. So he was having fun with that earlier. Uh, but we've since moved on, and it is now time to talk about these talking points, these sports talking points. Flan, what do you want to start with first? Kyler Murray, Kareem Hunt, or Anthony Davis? Uh, let's start with Kyler Murray. Okay, Kyler Murray recently announced that he will be going to the NFL. I don't know the exact statement, but this announcement was made on Monday, so if you haven't heard or read the statement by then, then I don't know what you're doing. You're really just coming to us at this point for an amateur take on things. But, hey, we're trying. Uh, what are your thoughts on Kyler Murray going to the NFL? Smart move or not so smart? I think it's a smart move. Smart? Um, I, was, I was on the not smart move a while ago, but I'm on the smart move now. Cause if he's, if he, it depends on where he gets drafted. If he gets, if he gets hurt between now and the draft, it would be stupid. But if he gets picked in the top 15 picks, which I think he will be, he's going to be getting more guaranteed money than he would get in baseball. Plus the endorsements. Plus the endorsements. I mean, he. I mean, you could probably you could, everyone can make the argument. Oh, what what if he makes it to the MLB? Well, it's not a for sure thing he's going to make it to the MLB. A lot of first round picks never pan out in baseball. So I think yeah, I think it's a smart move. Um, Who do you think his NFL comparison is? Amongst the short guys that they're all comparing him to, because I heard it's shockingly it's it's shocking when he enters a room how small he is. He's like he he's a legit five foot eight, five foot nine quarterback. They lie when they list him at five ten. Um, I don't know. I don't even really think of who he's a he's a gunslinger. You think he's a gunslinger? He throw he can throw the ball all over the field. He can make any throw. It seems like um, he can run around. He's kind of I don't know. I didn't really much. Wa- I didn't really watch much of him. I just saw much, much, a lot of highlights this year. But uh, I mean, everyone's gonna say Russell Wilson because he's just short. Just because yeah. he's short and that he runs around. Mm-hmm. Um, Drew Brees. Maybe maybe one. maybe he's a maybe he's a uh, richer version of a Jeff Garcia. Okay, that's an interesting comp. Uh, I think it's a smarter move for Kyler Murray because of. Uh, a more def- more refined version of Jeff Garcia. Well, the 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 move itself is a smart move because you're getting the money. If you go in the first round, you get guaranteed money that you can get. That'll be more. I believe it'll be more than than he'll get with uh, baseball, like you were saying. He's gonna get four million guaranteed in baseball, and mm-hmm. he already. He, I think he had like a two million dollar signing bonus for the A's, but then they just give he just give like a. Fifth of it, or he's gonna have a bunch of it back, like four fifths of it but back. But like, let's say he goes like seventh in the draft, like how much? He's, gonna, he's gonna make way more than four million. Plus, then I plus on the endorsements, of course, which I think is big because it, let's just be honest, Heisman football, and football right now is oh, king. And football, football is king right now. It's definitely more popular than baseball, whether people like to admit it or not. Um, Ladies will be all over him too. Who? Ladies that's a that's him. an added bonus. Yes, um, it just shout out to ladies out there. So from a financial standpoint, I've changed my tune, and it makes sense because I Keep was originally on the baseball side. I was originally on the baseball side, and I said, "All right, let's have him go." Uh, now I'm thinking, let's have him play football because it's a lot easier to go from playing football to playing baseball. We're seeing Tim Tebow do it at an extremely average uh, rate, but kyler if he's all that he's I don't, cracked up I th- to be i just th- I, th- I think there are some people that are very gifted in athletics okay but i'm saying if you had the option you don't go to play baseball for the first uh the first 
five, six years of your career before you decide, okay, I wanted to play football. Yeah, no, you're you too play, old by then. Well, that and your body just can't keep up with what's going on in an NFL season. Like, well, you that's just, I mean, the, the, the average lifespan of an NFL player is like three years. Yeah. So, so by that time, you're already, your, your lifespan is basically done. So <laughs> it makes sense to play, well, at six years, yeah, you've doubled it. You've doubled yeah. your lifespan. But that's, I'm saying if you played six years of baseball and then decided you wanted to play football, like the, the whatever kind of toll that baseball takes oh, on your body. You and then going to play football doesn't make sense when because uh, you're just putting more tread on your tires at an older age when your body nesses that's when your body starts to break down and such yeah. you know so it makes sense to take the hits and get all that out of the way early because it, it's going to be much easier for him to make the transition to baseball let's say 29 30 than it would be for him to make the transition back to football at 29 or 30. Even if he makes the transition though he's, he's not gonna he's not gonna be anywhere close to as good as he would be now if he's gonna be going to baseball. Oh, of course not yeah so if you haven't seen a uh, if you haven't seen a ball higher than 70 miles an hour in mm-hmm. six years, you're, you're, you're have some. It'd take some time, but I feel like if he spent at least you know a couple months in the cages, he'd be able to to at least hit a fastball. It's the yeah, off-speed stuff just, that he'd have to just, work just, on. He'll just be a minor leaguer for the rest of yeah. his career. Like but if he wanted to play baseball, you know, well, yeah. Tebow, Tebow, I think he'll get pulled up for. Tebow is only because the Mets are so damn bad. Yeah, uh, but then the, uh, I was like a Giants ball from Grace to the Mets. And as far as his player comparison goes, I would say Drew Brees, just because Drew Brees, shorter quarterback. These are guys that have. Uh, higher dropback numbers so like when er, step dropbacks i should say so like you know how like traditionally with quarterbacks there's a one three and a five step drop uh these guys are running a lot of five and like seven to where they'll snap the ball they give themselves plenty of room to operate and look to observe over the pocket that means that your throws are that much tougher because you have to throw the ball that much further but that's something that kyler murray has done you think there's a chance he goes number one uh who's got number one no because the Cardinals have come out and endorsed, and and Kingsbury has come out and endorsed. Uh, Kingsbury does. Kingsbury did say in October he'd taken number one. That was overall. in October. That was before he became the Arizona Cardinals coach the, uh, of a team that had already taken what they believe is a franchise quarterback. And all I'm saying is, as yeah, the I man, like that, so that means Arizona's no competition. At for the us. okay, well, I'm just saying, on your first year at the job, you can't really go in and say, "Hey, it's my way or the highway. This is the guy I want to take." You know, I mean, it's it's nice what he said, and it's going to help Kyler Murray's draft stock. And K- Cliff Kingsbury is going to look like a fool, but it's because if he with any other team, you could probably do that, but not the I Cardinals. Feel like you're the, but if you're Cliff Kingsbury, you came in solely for your, the offense. Uh-huh. I feel like it, it should be your way or the highway for your offense. Debatable. Prove yourself first. I guess Sean McVay has proven himself to where now, now you know they'd be a, they're they're a lot more willing in Los Angeles to just be like, you know what? Actually, Sean's got all control of the offense. He's going to tell us what's good, what's to go. They're probably he's probably consult you know, consulting the GM. He doesn't have to proposition players anymore, you know. Um so yeah, I think it'll work out for Kyler. It or you know, at least short term. I don't know about long term, but short term and financially it's going to work out well for Kyler Murray. So good on him. All right, next let's move on to more NFL. Kareem Hunt was signed by the Browns. And uh, our friend Mateo tweeted out something where I and again I don't have the tweet. I'm just going to summarize here. It's amazing to him that this continues to happen. He wonders when there will be a time when a player, you know, when when the actions of a player are finally too much to risk over the talent. And uh, I tweeted back at him and I just said, you, "The NFL cares nothing about your social justice issues. They claim they do, but they don't." And I mean. The Browns claiming Hunt off of uh was it waivers? No, it wasn't waivers because they would have they, they signed him now even though he's on the commissioner exempt list he might not have to play football again because of the domestic violence video that came out. But 
for a league that claims to be zero tolerance, I d- it doesn't make sense, man. Why is the league play- doing something that even the law struggles to discern, you know, the difference in there? The ones that are coming and say, hey, we're going to be judge, jury, and executioner here. It's like, that's not how it works in the American judicial system. What would your thoughts be if, if the Niners signed Kareem Hunt? That's, really That's the last thing the Niners have le- after the last 10 years of what they've had going I'm, on. I'm just saying, man. Yeah, well, you have a franchise that's had somebody, had had her players do this, but it's just really, this is the only way to think about it and put it into if perspective. That, if, is, that, if, is Kareem Hunt got signed to your favorite team, how would you feel about it? Because I'll tell you right now, I would probably fall under the umbrella of does talent, talent will outweigh the issues around a player uh, and again, I like to. Uh, how would I react? To, I would react. To, I would be all over Jed York as being a hypocrite. That's that's okay. That is interesting because I did forget about that Jed York came out and made that video. And I don't have to worry about the Steelers doing it because I really, I mean, uh, Ben Roethlisberger aside and everything that allegedly happened there, allegedly, um, I don't think that they've had any other issues with that. So, but it's just it's Dorsey, the uh, the GM of the Browns. He drafted Cream Hunt in Kansas City. He also drafted um, Tyreek Hill, and he drafted another guy who had some DV issues in the past. And then he came over to Cleveland, and he started. And he's willing to take chances on character guys with character issues. And uh, I just think it's interesting, like just the different levels of character issues. Like this is egregious and unforgivable, uh, but if they're still going to let him play, then there's going to be teams out there that are going to sign him. You know, I hate to be the one that's like crushing, you know, to to like break break that news and and hurt people's feelings. But it's like at the end of the day, this league's about winning football games. And if having that guy on your team helps you win football games or or not even having him on your team, just making sure that the other teams can't get a hold of him helps you win football games. Uh, Teams are going to do it and they don't care what you think. They've shown that um, and they will continue to operate as long as the as the bottom line stays green. And in the positive. Anything else on that for you, Flynn? No, I'm good. Okay. Sorry, kind of hogged that one. It's all good. All right. Uh, You're more than welcome to. <laughs> I'm going to, well, I, I got, and that's why they're called talking points, man. Um, okay, so an article broke today. Uh, I mean, because it was a post-game uh, article from the night before from the New Orleans Pelicans. Anthony Davis was frustrated uh, after scoring just three points in the game. Anthony Davis went on the record and said, we sucked. Nobody was interested in playing is what it looked. Oh, nobody was interested in playing is what it looked like. And uh, I took exception to that on the Twitter machine today. And I just pointed out, I was like, says the guy who pointed out that he doesn't want to play for the organization anymore. Um, I really don't take any sympathy to what's happening with Anthony Davis right now. The fact that you're stuck in an organ, you're stuck in a place that you don't want to play at, and now you're gonna have your team quit on you. It's like, well, you know, you should have waited till the off season to say something this stupid, you know. Let's, and Anthony Davis is injury prone too, so I just, you know, he's gotta watch himself if he wants his if he wants his boys out there backing him up. And it's just like the the Pelicans are the ones that really need to think about this because if you're still trying to get high trade value for this guy, uh, I'd shut him down regardless of what fines the league sends your way. What do you think? Um, 
I will. I wish the Lakers took the uh, the, the Lakers and Pelicans made that trade where the Lakers gave away their entire team for well, Anthony Davis. That's interesting that you bring that up because I saw a tweet. That I saw a joke tweet while that was going on. It said, uh, "Now that the trade deadline is over, what's the best way that the uh, well, like actually I'm gonna botch it. Where was it? That would have been. I would love to see what that team. It literally just, they literally just bring up G League players. The Lakers. Yeah. Oh yeah, for a hundred percent. They literally just bring up G League players and then fill in everything else. They have still have JaVale McGee there, but they, but they wouldn't have Rondo, Stevenson, or those three young players. The tweet was, without Anthony Davis, what's the Lakers' most realistic path to the NBA right, Finals? So this, and yeah. somebody said StubHub, and I thought that was, I thought that was really good. Um, well, okay, so here's the thing about that trade offer, right, is we come to find out that there's more reports now that say the Pelicans were just leaking that to, like, they would get trade offers from the Lakers, and they would kind of fluff it up, and they'd just be like, what well, could make this a more ridiculous story? And then they'd leak it to the press in order to get the Lakers to get back at the Lakers. So I think this was more, if anything, this was a New Orleans, just a giant FU saying, Why, oh. the whole tampering thing? Yeah, you don't want us to trade. So you want our superstar. You don't want us to uh, to trade the superstar to your rival in Boston. But Boston looks like they have some assets that we could use, and yeah. we also want some draft picks. Meanwhile, L.A. sub allegedly pumping over, willing to trade over half their team. <laughs> it got a little ridiculous there towards the end, and I looked back at myself, and I got swept up in the moment because I thought of how real, how ridiculous it was. But looking back, I mean, it's a it's a conspiracy theory, but it's like who's to say that the Pelicans didn't yeah. leak that, you know, as a way to get back at uh, AD's camp, which we all think is, you know, essentially the strings are being pulled by LeBron, who's pulling the strings of the agent, who they common, you know, they share common agents with. Mm-hmm. Just look up all the athletes on the clutch sport, all the basketball players on the clutch sports payroll, or you know that that, that they um, they represent, and it's it's, I mean, it's all guys that would complement LeBron's game, you know, mm-hmm. and and like with their. They're like middle of the road players, but they would help him get a championship. Like if he had them, and if he had, if he he had one or two I other hope players, he doesn't so. get a championship in LA. That would be the worst thing. Well, ever. that's a personal thing. I could see people being upset about uh, what you know. But LeBron's the one who originally broke the NBA to begin with, right? Like we've seen super teams uh, in the past, like the Bulls, like come to mind. And then for a while, it was just who's your big two, your guard and your big man combination. What can you do, Shaq and Penny, Shaq and Kobe, you know. Um, it's it, and then and then you had LeBron take off to uh you had LeBron take off to Miami and he teamed up with Bosch and Wade and Bosch was by no means an uh like a grade A superstar but he was right there on the cusp of being somebody that could lead a franchise we had seen him do it with Toronto and then D Wade won a championship with Shaq another one of those in the era of having a big and a guard you know so um yeah I think that essentially ruin the NBA and then yeah. you know you had KD make his move which everybody likes to blame but it's just like actually the first chip to fall was LeBron um so I just think it's funny man looking back with uh bringing this back to AD you can't quit on the organization and then get mad when the team that the organization has assembled around you granted they haven't done the best job but they uh, they they have assembled this around you the core piece uh quits on you because you don't want to be there anymore like what? You don't want to yeah. play with me? I'm not gonna pass you the ball. If you're, uh, what do you think they're gonna get back from Boston if they're do a thing with Boston? I don't have Boston's roster in front of me, but I'd imagine think Tatum's in there. Boston still has some of the picks from that Nets trade, that egregious Nets trade two years ago, or going on three years ago now, when the Nets were like, we're gonna go all in on Boston's big three that's aged about four years <laughs> now since the championship that they've won. 
Um, that was back when uh, Stephen A. was calling Darren Williams the best point guard in the NBA. <sighs> you had Darren Williams, you had Paul Pierce, and you, you had you had old ass Darren Williams and old ass Paul Pierce and an old ass KG. And Paul Pierce still played in the year for I mean, still played in the league for a year or two after that. Um, but uh, so did you think the the Celtics would trade Tatum? Going back to your question, um, I think so. Uh, I think that's the one guy I would not trade. I think that the Celtics. well, it d- if you're the Celtics, are you banking on the fact that Kyrie's gonna resign? Because if Ky- if you know for a fact Kyrie's not coming I th- back, I, I hold think, on to Tatum. I think if you were get Tatum and AD on that team together, that's a di- that's a crazy. I'll tell duo. you right now, Gordon Hayward will get traded because they don't like his contract and they don't like how he's panned out so far. He's he's resorted to a bench role, and you yeah. paid him a lot of money for that. So I could see. Uh, I could see Gordon Hayward being in that package. I could see Jalen Brown being in that package. Um, and then I could see a lot of picks because mm-hmm. that's really what, what New yeah. Orleans – apparently that's what New Orleans wanted the most. They didn't want players. Uh, but the thing is, I mean, I feel like if you if you want picks, don't you want picks from a crappy team and not some team that's probably going to be in the bottom half of the first round? If you're in the bottom half of the first round, you're not really getting any franchise-changing players. Uh, sorry. Repeat that one more time. So, if you're yeah. if you want picks so damn bad, don't you want picks that are going to be in the lottery? Not picks that are going to be in the fifteen to twenty five. Well, that that's where it comes down to your front office. Are you able to find the guys right? Because Steph, we look back in hindsight and say Steph Curry should have been a lottery pick. Steph fell to the Warriors at what nine? That was a lottery pick. That was a lottery a lottery pick. Why doesn't lottery pick one to like twelve? Oh, it's one to fourteen. Okay, excuse me. We thought he should have been a top, yeah, th- top three, you know, top yeah. five pick. Now, you know, looking back, of course not. But the same thing happened with Clay too. Those are picks that are mid round, are uh, late. I would say early ish to mid round ra- to mid first round picks. They mm-hmm. are not. They're not your top guys that you're drafting first. But that's just on your organization to find them. Yeah. You know, so. But yes, having a lot of picks would be better because then you've got more chances. At least you're putting up more shots. You know, no pun intended, but. Um, I, I, for me, and it makes sense because you can get those guys and then you, you're not paying them as much you would, either. You would hope that the NBA would find a way to help out these small market teams and keeping these big name players. But when you've got big markets like the Lakers and the Knicks that are struggling, yeah. you and then you had Philly that was tanking for so long, you can't worry about the little markets until the big markets get their act together. Like Chicago's another one. The Bulls are just awfully run. The NBA is really relying. So you're saying yeah, the, how the big market teams have to be all the big market teams have to be good before the, the small market teams before they even think about helping out the small market teams, right? Like you look at the Indiana Pacers right now, they're an anomaly. Who what star do they have? Mm-hmm. Nate McMillan is coach coach of the year candidate for sure. He's coaching his ass off what out team? in Indianapolis oh. for the Pacers. You yeah, know, has the Bucks. Is Oladipo out this year? Yeah, he's, he's, he torched his knee, man. No. The, the his uh, kneecap was like up in his thigh. Oh, um, but yeah, yikes. so you look at that like Milwaukee and Indiana are Cinderella stories as far as small market teams go. They are just well-run franchises, right? Mm-hmm. And then you look at the abysmal Knicks. You look at the abysmal Bulls. Um, who's another big market team? The LA franchises are kind of ooh, but then you've got Oakland, who's a nice big franchise that's got it together, you know, or the, at least we have San the Francisco. Bay Area. The Bay Area, Sacramento. They're not a huge market, but it's still. I, what is that like? The f- it's in the top ten. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's one of the top ten markets they got. No, no, no. no. I'm saying cities are maybe top five, maybe top seven cities in California. Like that's a big ass market. Well, even but in, the, if, in Sacramento, they most people that live in the Sacramento area and then up are Sacramento fans. Like yeah, that, that's a, yeah, that's a 
pretty decent. Look at of Portland. People. Look at the Trailblazers. Yeah. The Trailblazers have managed to make it work. They've been extremely mediocre in the sense that they get to the playoffs and you can predict when their exit comes, but they still make the postseason. They're competitive and they're a smaller market team. How big of a market do you think that Sacramento brings in? I don't know. That's a good question. Because I mean, it is California, so you're. Get, I, I, I don't think, think you get a lot of people who mess with the Bay Area in sec. I think I think it really is like North Bay really cuts off where your Warrior fans are, and then as you move towards the Northeast Bay, they that's where Sacramento is. So that's where you get a lot of them, and then it would make sense for the North, you know, up until you get to Oregon, and then they might be Trailblazer fans. Yeah, if you're going regional regional battlegrounds. But my point being is that there, there's poorly run small market teams like in New Orleans, and New Orleans just happens to be one of those organizations where the same people who own the Saints own the Pelicans, and they just care more about the Saints because New Orleans cares more about the Saints. Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. Like, the, the Saints stayed there during Katrina. The Pelicans, who were the Hornets back then, dipped to go to Oklahoma City. Yeah. So, and I don't think they, I don't know if they necessarily wanted to, but that's what happened, and I'm sure it's resonated with that fan base. All right, moving on to the last talking point here. Uh, Niner fans are getting really excited, and it's actually starting to bother me on the Twatter machine. Uh, Antonio Brown, I guess, has officially requested a trade from the Pittsburgh Steelers. And uh, Flan, I'm gonna let you. Uh, I'm gonna have. I'm gonna let you have your thoughts first because I'm about to go on a tangent here. Or you know, about who? About Antonio Brown. What do you think? What do you think about all that's going on? in Pittsburgh right now. How should I as a Steeler fan be feeling? How should you as a Niner fan be feeling as a prospect of, you know, Mr. Photoshop, you know, photoshopping uh. himself in your in your jersey there. So, what wh- what's going there on? There was a weird story I saw today that was um a target that could be a trade destination for Antonio Brown is the Broncos. Interesting. And if the Broncos go there then um, then they said that Emmanuel Sanders would come to San Francisco. Because I guess Shanahan likes Emmanuel Sanders a lot, too. Okay. But I guess they're saying that Emmanuel Sanders and Antonio Brown can't be on the same team. Because they were already on the same team. Yeah. They competed for a spot on Pittsburgh yeah. on, for the practice squad. It was essentially when they were together in in their early years of being at Pittsburgh. Actually, I believe it was 2000. They don't, they're, they're, I guess they don't have good – they're not too friendly with each other. It was uh, 2010. Yeah, And it was Demarius Thomas and Antonio Brown. There was – they, the Steelers basically held an open competition for that last wideout spot every week, and it was up you to You mean Antonio Brown and Emmanuel Sanders? What did I say? Demarius Thomas. Oh, my bad. Excuse me. I, was, I had Demarius on, on, the, on the brain because of his Achilles injury. Um, so, yes, you had Emmanuel Sanders and Antonio Brown competing week to week to see who was going to be able to dress up in the pads and even get a shot at playing. That's why when you look at Antonio Brown's numbers his first year, 2010, only played in nine games, caught a total of 16 catches for 167 yards. So, you know, it was it, like he was he was fighting for playing time. And then in 2011, he emerged. He only started three games, but that's where he emerged. Um, yeah, so do you really want this guy on your team? Like, would you be pumped to have a 31-year-old? Yeah, I, mean, I, th- I think I think Shanahan even said when he first came to San Francisco how much uh, Julio Jones helped. He's like, if you can get a Julio Jones on your team, which Antonio Brown is, you do everything you can to get a guy like that on your team. Okay, so he's 31, and I just want to point out that in this past past two years, uh, December 17th, notice there's a key time here with two out of these three injuries. December 17th, 2017, leg calf tear. Left the first half against the Patriots with a partially torn left calf. He missed two games and then returned after a first-round playoff bye. They would lose. Um, and then 
July thirty first, twenty eighteen, hip strain. He missed early time or he missed time early in training camp with a hip flexor injury. And then December twenty third of this year, knee strain, grade one, sustained an unspecified knee injury in week sixteen and missed the finale. Um, but then it was later reported that he didn't sit because of the injury. But notice, two out of those three injuries are coming late in the season. I think that's got to do with the fact that you're just getting older, right? And we were talking about Kyler Could Murray. Be, but and how Jerry Rice's best years when he was like 30 to 34. Jerry, Ri- Jerry Rice can be an anomaly because he's probably sure, the best wide anomaly, receiver of all time, right? I mean, like, just like Tom possible. Brady's an, an anomaly. Sure, but I mean, okay. it's still possible. I mean, Another I, the, thing. the one I, I would like... OBJ would be the if they could somehow get OBJ that would be the most ideal. That would be that would be a good trade for the Niners. Uh, I see OBJ and if Jimmy G can again stay healthy. I'm telling you, if they if they could trade their first round pick in 2020 for OBJ, I would be all about it. I I, I would be all about that. That would be that would be a move that might make me uh may less snide about the or less sarcastic about the Niners. That's that still would that would be, be less, I would be. Sarcastic. Oh, I think we would steal that trade if that was to happen. Because um, if, if the Niners do what they what they should do, which is about probably nine seven next year, they'll probably be in the sixteen to twenty range in the draft. Uh-huh. Which I mean, you're not getting it. You know, I mean, you're, you'll get a decent player. And you if you're the Giants, you know, it's like if you're you not going to you take your quarterback more more this draft, yeah. you could take one next draft when more of them are coming out. Okay. I mean, just look at what uh, Amari Cooper, how much he – I mean, he. I think he helped the Cowboys significantly when he came over. Yeah. So you're, you're in favor of OBJ over AB. I'm going to bring this back to AB just because, as a Steeler fan, I'm a little frustrated with the situation as a whole, right, man? Like, there's half of me that's just, like, send him off. I don't care. But then the other half of me is like, come on, man. Like, you can figure it out. You can, you can get this drama sorted out. Like, what other organization is going to set it up for you as nice as the Steelers have? Right, like granted, you had to prove yourself early, but then you got cashed out, and now you have so many liberties. Whether it's at training camp, you don't have to stay at uh, at the dorms. You get to stay at your own your own place. You get to miss meetings. You you get to act, you know, act up and and act off. And because you're so talented, they let you get away with this. Like another thing that's that's making me scratch my head. Um, well, the reckless driving thing, that was kind of that was that was scary too when he was going over triple digits and he got found guilty of reckless driving cuz he didn't show up in court. I thought that's what triggered this whole thing, but I could be could be wrong right there. Um y- the next thing that comes to mind with him aside from the drama that I think can be fixed because if it's just Big Ben, you know, like okay, you know, I'm sure heads will clash and winning solves everything. This team didn't do a whole lot of winning, you know, only won 9 games. There was a lot of turmoil from the start of the season that I'm sure it was on that just kind of chipped away at everybody and you made you more explosive. I'm not trying to come up with excuses, but I'm just saying that it could be mendable. Mendable. Then the other part of me says, okay, other teams want A B and, and A B wants to leave. I think if you're I think if I think the one player you guys can get a lot for right now is Le'Veon Bell. Well, Le'Veon is gone. He's walking for free. That's why I'm saying Oh, he's a free agent. Yeah, no? that's why oh, the I part I thought if he didn't play, he, he, he... No, no, he just signed the franchise tag tender, and then he forfeited all that money. So whatever he's made from the Steelers is what he's living on because he didn't get paid last year. He didn't oh. show up. Uh, none of that was guaranteed unless he showed up. But, um, bring yeah, so going back, I look at the Le'Veon Bell situation. Because we're letting him walk for nothing, you have to trade A.B., like, you're either going to hold on to him and ride that wave out, and then he's going to deteriorate in the next two to three years, or 
you're going to trade him a year early as opposed to a year too late like the Patriots do. I don't like the Patriots, but this is a copycat league. You have to do what the Patriots are doing, okay? Mm-hmm. It's the only way. We got our white wide receiver in Switzer. Like, Belichick's got, like, three of them and, you know, two more of them in the chamber yeah. that are getting cloned. But we finally have one. Now let's get rid of the star, the problematic star that can get us more in return. And that's the – this is the, the half of the fan in me that says trade him. Again, I told you that I feel like it could be mendable. But you look at this situation and the thing that the Steelers have going. Wherever Le'Veon or Antonio Brown end up that is not Pittsburgh, unless they are on the same team, they will not put up the numbers that they have. And I think that is because if you are a defensive coordinator, you are losing sleep when you go up against the Steelers. Why? A, you have to deal with Big Ben, a Super Bowl winning, you know, two-time Super Bowl winning quarterback, probably a sure, you know, probably a Hall of Famer eventually. Maybe not a first ballot, but he's a Hall of Famer for sure. Le'Veon Bell and what he does in the running game and the passing game. Oh, then you have to worry about Antonio Brown, who I would argue is still a. Um, a top wide receiver, but at this point, like I'm saying, you just got to think ahead. And then you've also got Juju to complement him on the other side. That's four targets right there on the offense that you have to worry about, right? So Le'Veon Bell's first year in the league was 2013, which was coincidentally Antonio, one of Antonio Brown's best years, actually his fourth best year that he's had in his nine-year career with the Steelers. Uh, and then you see his production with without him this past year. He still put up numbers but his yards per game went down. He didn't He didn't get nearly as many yards. And one thing I've noticed with Antonio Brown is his catch percentage is slowly dropping each, each year that he's in the league. So it started out at 84% because he only had the 16 receptions. It dropped to 55.6, rose up to 62.3, rose up again to 65.9. Then it hit, peaked at 71.3. This was in 2014 when he had almost 1,700 yards. Um, so that's when it hit his peak. Then it dropped to 70.5. Then it dropped again to 60, 68.8. And it has since dropped in the past two seasons to 62%, now 61.9%. So I just, if he's going to start dropping more and more passes and people are still going to buy into the hype of AB being an elite premier receiver, which I think he is, but I just don't know how much longer he can do it for. So let's get rid of him. Does that make sense? Yeah. Okay, because that's the Belichick philosophy. If you like, just yeah. steer the play right, right before he declines. Like it's nothing personal at this point. It's just business. You've stated that you don't want to be here. I do think it's funny though that he posts a video that Pretty says now, team. now I do what I want. Now I do what I want. Excuse you. You're under contract for two more years. You had to go ask for permission. Yeah, or you, you had to go request a trade. And who's to say that you're going to go anywhere that you want to go, including the place with the photoshopped uniform that looks cool on Instagram? Like, hello, you get traded. You are going somewhere. You're probably going to football purgatory. You're going to Jacksonville. Not okay. very smart. Yeah. Not smart. Not smart. Not smart. All right. That is the talking points. I got that out of my system. I just wanted to address that. I'll probably address it again if it, if it comes back down the pipe. So be ready for that recycled take. But at least it'll be polished <laughs> next time and, and orderly. I did kind of ramble there. It is now time for Tim Brown's stat of the day. Oh, and with that lovely tune, that means it is time to bring in friend of the show, recurring guest, uh, cohort sports report statistician, if you will, Tim Brown. Tim, how's it going? Pretty good. Ready for your brown bombs? Okay, brown oh. bombs. I forgot that we were calling it that, and I'm so excited to say that word again. <laughs> hit it with, or hit us with the brown bomb. So the other day, Paul George and Russell Westbrook became the first teammates to have uh, triple doubles, both with 20 points scored. Whoa! Oh, man, 
And that is so cool. Okay, thanks, Flynn. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> really overboard. Uh, yeah, I just wasn't sure when that stat ended. Sorry, Tim. That's okay. I kind of said it awkward. You want to try one more time? No. Okay. I'm happy with what I did. That is Tim Brown's stat of the day, unsullied by sponsorship. Uh, all right, Tim, let's talk about uh, Justin Verlander's comments. He had some things to say about the MLB's free agency system. He said on Monday that it is broken and tweeted about the 100 or so free agents that are left unsigned. Uh, his actual tweet said, 100 or so free agents left unsigned, system is broken. They blame, air quotes, or quote unquote, rebuilding, but that's BS, capital BS. Ooh, he's angry. You're telling me you couldn't sign Bryce or Manny for 10 years and go from there? Seems like a good place to, to start a rebuild to me. 26 to 36 is a great performance window, too. Your thoughts? He's not wrong. Um, <clears throat> I, I don't. I can see both sides of the argument. I understand where he's coming from because Kershaw also has some comments stating how it's like, it's unfair that these players aren't in spring training right now for both the fans and for the players themselves because it's, well, pitchers and catchers has become, you know, the OCAs of baseball. So They reported today, every, P's and C's. What is it? P's and C's, baby. P's and C's, but pretty much all position players report too because, I don't know, that's just it how the sound, culture is. It now. doesn't sound as cool to say P and C, AP, pitchers and catchers in all positions too. Uh, so you just say P's and C's. I just learned that today on the radio. You say P's and C's, and it sounds way cooler. Credit Chris Co uh, Chris Cody for that over in Miami. Wow, Miami guy. Good for him. Yeah, Marlins fan. Ooh, that's baseball purgatory, man. <laughs> oh, did you see? Did I send that to you? Uh, if it was just recently, <coughs> I have not checked. Oh, my. I think it was the other day, but it was the top, I want to say the top 20 or 25 players in Marlins history, according to War. And they were all traded except for one person left due to free agency, and the other person was Jose Fernandez, RIP. He was. I think you might have dropped that stat on us for an actual stat of the day. Did I? It sounds very familiar now that I've heard. Or, or because I listened to the Levitard show with Stu Gotts on ESPN Radio, free plug for them. Um, <laughs> they they talk Miami baseball, and I've heard that stat brought up a couple times now. So I, it could just be that I've heard it, and I don't remember exactly from how many times I've heard it and from whom I've heard it from. But, yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, Ouchtown population them. Yeah. Yes. Um, um, but, yeah, so back to the – Free agency thing. I understand what he's saying, from, but I understand from both parts. Blame the agents! <clears throat> well, last – year all the big name quote-unquote big name free agents i don't think the first guy signed till february 28th if i remember correctly i don't have that information right in front of me but i'm willing to i'm willing to believe you um i'm saying blame the agents because you got drew rosenhaus and whoever's representing manny machado and they're both in a, a stick swinging contest of another kind and they both have gone on record promising their clients that they're going to get the highest paid contract and these just so happen to be the two biggest chips that were waiting to fall Mr. Verlander okay you don't know how you're going to start a rebuild until you find out if one of those options is going somewhere else and then you have two agents that are refusing to, to oh what am I trying to say they're two agents that are digging their heels in the sand and saying no my guy's going to get paid the most so blame the agents don't say that the entire system is broken. It's just the involvement of agents and promising their guys the top payday. It's this petty war. Thoughts? 
um, you got really, really excited, and then you stopped yourself for a quick second, which was great. I, I know. I the momentum that. just – Yeah. <laughs> but then you picked it up really good right yeah. afterwards. So it was like an e-break around a corner. It was like Tokyo Drift. Yeah. Like the old cohort sports report yeah, intro. Yeah, 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 yeah. RIP. That was the best. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, but, but we also no we also trip. we also appreciate X and the music that he gives us for free to use on the show, and we use it as a vehicle to promote for X. It's solid. Thank you. I really enjoy it. I do actually sing a song throughout work all day on. What's your favorite one? My lines, what's the uh, what's the one I like? The intro, the things to do before I yeah, die. Yeah, that's my favorite yes, one. Yes, that's like so. that one's a really good song. A banger. Yeah. I really, I mean, I got a couple on here that I like too, but we uh. He's got new ones. Uh, Lulu, that's a good one. He talks, he's got a couple basketball references he drops in there. So I, like I, won't, how, I like how him and Bobby scored 49 of 51 points against Monty. <laughs> I, won't, I, won't uh, I won't play that one at the end of this show, but I've got a couple in rotation. Anyway, Tim. Are you teasing us? Tim. New music. Uh, no, well, he's got new music. He's just ha- he hasn't given me access to it yet. But I'm also trying to have him on to talk Lakers basketball so we can give him a rash of crap for all that stuff. <laughs> Uh, Why? So, so I know he's holding out because it's fun to do. It's fun to bust his balls about his Lakers because he's always hating on us as Warrior fans. Eh. Yeah. Yeah. Eh. Okay. Eh. Um, all right. Back to the baseball free agency thing. I did get impassioned. It did get a little off rails. I tried to bring it back in, but I do think my point still remains. You've got two agents that are telling their client that, hey, I promise I'm going to get you the most money, and then that's what it becomes about. I don't even think it becomes about the years at this point. They're just, they're just waiting for whoever to sign first. Exactly. And neither one of them are going to sign first because they because whoever – it's like what happened when the uh, in the NFL offseason. Who were the two linemen that, got, that signed right after Aaron Donald and somebody else signed right after Aaron Donald, and they signed for like literally a million dollars more? And it just becomes a pissing match at that point. Who I think it was the other way around because I'm pretty sure Aaron Donald's the highest paid defensive. Okay, well that's what I'm saying. Player. It involved it involved Aaron Donald. He signed after somebody signed. Somebody owned the highest paid uh, highest paid at that position for like maybe a day, and then Aaron Donald signed the next day and was just like, "That's the number I want. It's one higher than that. Low well, one, one digit. Yeah. So that's he watches the prices right. <laughs> he is smart. <laughs> But that's where we're at right now in, in baseball free agency. So it bothers me that Verlander's saying stuff like that. But all right, it's that's neither here nor there. Let's move on to. Well, how do I? Why, okay, why, let's not move on. Go back. Why is it that the NFL can get it done so much quicker? And this is like basically into spring training, and they haven't done it yet. Because the NFL has a window on it to where oh, it, it ends, where baseball, I believe, is just kind of open and up in the air, and you can literally hold out until the day before, or you could not have a deal up until the day before. Uh, Opening day. Playoffs. Playoffs? Okay. You can hold out all the way until playoffs. Okay. So there you go, Flan. to the 40-man roster or 25-man roster. <clears throat> I can't remember if there's like X amount of games you have to play to be on the 25-man, but you can oh. hold out I had however number. long. I had the number. It was Khalil Mack signed above Aaron Donald. Thank you. Okay. So, yes, Aaron, Aaron Donald. Donald signed and then Khalil Mack signed right after, and it was like it like works. Like $6 million more. Okay, thank you. I knew it was something very close. I exaggerated with the one, well, one million. But um, memory is a little – got to work on the memory there, do some exercises. All right, uh, <laughs> updated World Series odds. So keep in mind that uh, the Boston Red Sox defending World Series champion, uh, they are the lead favorite with the Houston Astros at 6-1. to one. The Dodgers, Tim Brown's Dodgers, right behind at 7-1. Seven, seven to one. Tied with the Yankees, they're 7-1. The Cubs are at 10-1. to one. And then we look down all the way down this list, Mr. Flanagan, and the Giants are 101, 101. You willing to put money on those odds? If it's Ted, 
right now, ten dollars. I'll, I'll put it on. Yeah, I'll put ten bucks on it right now. Yeah. Oh yeah. How much would you get? Ten. Thousand. Thousand dollars. Yeah. Okay. I mean, you put it down now, and if they were to sign Harper, then Adam Jones, you'd be like, oh, maybe I have something on here. I'll be, I'll, yeah, I don't know if I'd put down 100 bucks on the Giants because then I'd I, I would have bought a ticket at that rate, yeah. <laughs> Tim, what do you think about this upcoming baseball season? I mean, keep in mind that obviously Bryce Harper and Manny Machado have not signed, so these odds are bound to change depending on where they go. I'm sure the overreaction will occur, but uh, your thoughts? I'm surprised that people have been very, very, very – very, very, very quiet about the St. Louis Cardinals. Cardinals are sixteen to one. With their trade that they made, I think they're they should have a little bit better odds than that. I know their starting pitching is not that solid, but <clears throat> their offense is looking poised to do some damage. I like the Braves too at twelve to one. That was a uh, that they. I mean, it's not like they came out of nowhere. We knew that they had good, a good farm system. But I think that now with the year in the bigs and the success that they've experienced, this is a team that could be poised for more. This is also one of those things, though. They've had a year in the bigs, so they've had a year of coaches and pitchers looking at their swings. This is true. So we'll see what happens. I mean, there's a lot of players that have come up as rookies and been stellar. And then the next season, a little less stellar it's than my, the next season. It's my little... Jimmy G theory coming back to bite me in the ass on my own take. So. I mean, <clears throat> I, it's, that's the great thing about baseball is that there's 162 games to see how good these guys are. Which means there's really like are. 400 and something at bats to take a look at. I mean, it, I mean, obviously not everybody's hitting every single day. We don't have Cal Ripken Juniors out there anymore. But you got you got a lot of swings to to analyze and which guys react better to certain pitches in certain areas of the strike zone. They've already, you know, they already have that tape out there. So yeah, <clears throat> we'll see what happens. I think whoever. Signs Harper and Machado is going to jump up profusely, as we all know. I think I'm still I'm holding my guns, dude. The Padres are going to sign both of them. <laughs> Oakland A's at thirty to one. You said Padres right now. The Padres, pa- Padres pre pre Tim's hot takes of signing Harper and Machado. The San Diego Padres are coming in at a hundred to one right there with the San Francisco Giants. So I would put. Uh, I don't know if it's just me speaking on my ass, but I honestly think that the Padres and Giants are going to have a pretty good rivalry this year. Padres and Giants? Yeah. Yeah. I think that they're going to be battling out for whatever position they're battling it out for, whether it's last or if it's first. But I think <laughs> they're going to be they're going to be trumping each other throughout the season. It'll be like the one series each. I mean, that'll be the one series that I pay attention to every time it comes on. Just ooh, okay, how's this how's this game going today? Um, yeah. There was one other thing I was going to say. Oh, Bryce Harper has indicated that he will not sign with the Giants for a short-term deal. This man wants long-term money. Uh, is is eventually is he going to have to settle for a short-term deal? No. 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 Okay. Like I think Verlander put it perfectly, and it put it in the minds of a lot of people. Twenty-six to thirty-six is a pretty good window for athleticism to, you know, for these guys to be playing and build around. Uh-huh. That's what I'm saying, dude. Padres. <clears throat> I'll even give you the hot takes on the contracts if Ooh. you really want them. Okay, let's hear them. Before you, before you dismount, this is how you're going to dismount this wonderful interview. Give us the hot take on the contracts for both Bryce Harper and Manny Machado, according to Tim Brown. No Champions League talk? Wow, you must really hate me after our text messages today. No, no, no. It's just, you know, save that for later. Save that for when you really need something. Yes. All right, so you got a pen and paper to write this down? Yep. I have the pen. Go ahead. 
Bryce Harper will sign to the Padres for 10 years, $310 million, and it's going to be back-end loaded, meaning that the last three to four seasons are going to be 25-plus mil. Yes. And then Machado will also sign for the Padres for eight years, and I'm going to say 295 but it's all going to be just split up, you know, good money each year for him. Evenly. Okay. Mm-hmm. So both are in San Diego. All right. So you have Bryce Harper at 10 years, $310 million with the uh, backloaded contract. And then you have Manny Machado at eight years, $295 million with a nice even uh, spread amount over the duration of that contract. Yes. All right. Well, thank you, Tim Brown, for that hot take and for the uh, Brown Bomb stat of the day. And, of course, your, your baseball insight that we appreciate so much. Did you uh, did you guys happen to catch? I can't even say the guy's name, so I'm not going to even try to. But there's a page on Instagram. I'm not trying to plug anybody, but it's Pitchers Nation, and they showed the new Mariners acquisition from I want to say Japan. Uh, I, like so I'm not going to try to say his name, but they showed his delivery, and this is an awkward pitcher. So more <clears> awkward <throat> than Johnny Cueto. Yes, I'll I'll send you the uh, post. Okay, please do. I'll and actually then... try to remember. And like then we'll bring it full circle to Miami. We do have to keep an eye out for Victor Victor and um, – oh, shoot. What's the other one? Victor Victor Mesa or I forget. Victor 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 Jr. Yes, Victor Jr. and Victor Victor. That's what it was. Not Yes, because it's Victor Mesa and Victor Victor Mesa. So, yeah. Yes, we'll have, to, we'll have to keep an eye out for them as well. All right, thanks, Tim. Until next time. Yep. And speaking of Miami, look at those Miami Hurricane baseball uniforms. Pretty good. All right. Go Gators. Bye. Yeah, well, go ahead and fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> See you, Tim. Bye. Tim said off the record that he should owe $2 or be $2 fine right there, but it was just a, a $1 fine for the F word, and it only applies for me and Flan, and we are currently fine-free for this episode. So, Tim, you got off, um, but that just means that we're the bigger people because we don't have to use the language to get our points across anymore. It's the Philip Rivers rule. Dang, nabbit. You over there looking at nudes again? No. Okay. All right, how about winners and losers? You ready for that? Let's do it. There are winners. I'm by winning. Winner, winner, ultimate winner. Wow, winning. And there are losers. Loser, 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 loser. Winners and losers for this episode of the Cohort Sports Report. Flan, let's, uh, let's talk some hockey real quick. First up, I believe they're a winner. I mean, obviously, because they're number one in the standings. The San Jose Sharks. It's a little early for us to be jumping on the bandwagon. It's not playoff time. we got to be completely transparent there. Basketball. We're a basketball first podcast. Hockey's still going on? Yes, it's still going on. Don't give me that. Don't give me that. Um, hockey's what we're going to be relying on, actually. Actually, hockey. I will give the most attention that I will ever give to hockey during the regular season right now in this stretch of um, – all-Star Weekend, the NBA All-Star Break. So, like, from this Wednesday, from today, from tomorrow, well, actually, there's two NBA games on tomorrow. So, from Friday to next Thursday will be nothing but me looking forward to watching hockey. <laughs> college basketball will be on, but college basketball is just a watered-down version of pro basketball that I enjoy watching um, because all the kids play defense, and it's, you know, they're just relative, you know, only, only, only a small, very small, pers- less than 1% of those kids are going to go pro. So... Um, 
I, I will I will take advantage of it and I'll watch hockey. The Sharks are currently number one in the Pacific Division. They own a one-point lead over the Calgary Flames. Does this make you, Brendan Flanagan, want to watch hockey anymore? Yes. Uh, Stanley Cup. Here we come, baby. <laughs> okay, don't get Sharks your... Sharks are going to win it all. Sharks are taking it all. And the curse of, us be of the uh, Sharks being so bad during the... Uh, uh, they call, call it the playoffs? The Stanley Cup playoffs. There Stanley Cup go. playoffs. <laughs> and, uh, yep, taking the ship. That was going to so happen right now. That was so convincing for It's Thank the you. Cup. It was so convincing there for a second. The full speed ahead, and then you just and then it just stopped. It was like, yeah. Um, eh? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I guess the, the best Sorry. equivalent for that was flying down the rink and just not being able to stop <laughs> on skates and just... Hitting uh, the wall. That That's like what happened right there. And telling people sorry. I was the kid. This, I was the kid at the ice cream that would have to get the chair and sit in the chair and people push you around. I was never that bad. It I took me a minute. It took me a minute to get going. I'd get nervous going around turns, but then other than that, I could get going. I couldn't skate. I couldn't skate backwards, and then I could go really fast. But then I had trouble stopping, so I was that kid that would fly oh, into the. The there was nothing worse than falling on the rink. That oh, hurt. So hot, or so hard and unforgiving, and oh. cold too, which was the worst part of it. No give, no give. No, not not so ever. And then of course you did it in front of your, in front of chicks out there, and you're just like, oh man, I look like a dork. But no. Okay. All right. So yes, the Sharks are winners at least for right now, because any Sharks fan will tell you that this team will get your hopes up all year, and then mm, I don't know. It depends. There's been a couple first round exits. There's been a couple of. Semi-final losses. There's been a couple of conference finals. There's been a Stanley Cup finals loss. They've, they've done a good job of evenly spreading out when they're going to disappoint. Uh, hopefully, this is the year, as Flan was saying. So we might be jumping on the Sharks bandwagon just a little uh, or earlier than, than previously scheduled. And I hope that Sharks fans are cool with that because we will bring the energy. We're not going to be those annoying chicks that are like, why is it called a period and not a quarter? Or what's icing mean? No, 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 no. We get that. We just play dumb because it irritates our hockey friends. And they know. They understand. So I think other hockey fans would understand too. All right, next up on the winners-losers list, even more hockey because we're just showing it extra love tonight. Real deal James Neal. I learned that from Lucas Spence. Uh, it's his, his nickname. Flames winger, real deal James Neal, had a rough night. He lost several of his teeth while playing against the Canucks. On Saturday, so I failed to report this on the Sunday cohort sports report, which is my fault. Hand up, I apologize. He lost eight teeth. The several turned out to be eight. So um, I don't think he's gonna be out for very long, though, because hockey players just don't take time off like that. Like you could cut, you could slice a hockey player's throat, and he'd be out there two games later. He'd be like, ah, well, the stitches, the stitches are you know clearing up. Like they're they're doing all right. They're dissolvable. Where it's like you know that's what's so funny watching hockey players rip. Uh, other leagues is because it is true. Those guys could go out there and get cut, lose a pint of blood, and turn around and try and get back out there the next period, you know? And it's just like in basketball, hell <laughs> no. Paul Pierce got carried off in a wheelchair because he was cramping. Golden Globe. Who? Paul Pierce got Golden Globe for that. Oh, <laughs> Golden Globe. Okay, I see the joke there. I, <laughs> I finally get it. It took a tape delay. All right, uh, next up on the winners-losers list, the college basketball Top 25 poll. Actually, not going to talk about the college basketball top 25 poll. Yes. People are freaking out about Zion Williamson, and I really just want to make this about Duke. Are Duke winners or are Duke losers? Duke is obviously winners because you get the best recruits every year, right? Let's take 
People were freaking out about the Zion block, which I get is just he took off from the key and blocked a kid who was shooting a corner three, which that's impressive. I'll give you that. Hats off. But Zion Williamson is shooting 69% from the field, and you think, oh, wow, that's actually really good. Wrong. It is actually a bunch of dunks and lay-ins, and he's only, he's only shooting 29% from beyond the arc, so he needs to develop a jump shot. He's not that great of a dribbler. People see a picture of him fighting for a loose ball, and he's putting a dent in it because his hands are so strong. Okay, LeBron was strong. LeBron wasn't a great jump shooter. He wasn't a great three-point shooter. Now, that's the comp that he's drawing, and yes, it's a very promising comp when you see how good LeBron has been, but all I'm saying is that at 19, I ain't sold on this Zion kid. Very athletic, but let me cite a point that I brought up earlier, is that you are playing against a bunch of other kids that are just happy to have a scholarship to play basketball, okay? When you go up against a, I'm not knocking the kids on Virginia Tech, but, or the kids on, I mean, Virginia's got a good basketball team. Syracuse usually has a good basketball team, but like, you look at a Georgia Tech, actually Georgia Tech, that's Big 12. Anyway, you look at most program, look at most college basketball players in the nation, I, less than 1% of them are going pro, let alone in the NBA or the G League. And then you they might go pro on things other than sports. Yes, yeah. thank you for that NCAA reminder. Uh, <laughs> but then you might have another 1% that go off and they play professionally in Europe or Australia, and that's cool. But it's like for the most part. It is cool. It, for the most part. No, it is cool because you can make money playing basketball. So that's 2% of college basketball is getting paid to play basketball after after college, and then there's that small percent that gets paid to play college basketball. Oh, okay. Um, but I <laughs> <laughs> uh, had to get that one in there. But yeah, for the most part, he's playing against a bunch of uh, high school standouts that were playing against, you know, all these videos that we see of him dunking in high school. He's playing against a bunch of me's back when I was in high school. Five oh, foot yeah. seven, relatively unathletic, but still managed to make a team. That wasn't me. I didn't make the team. I was going to point that out. Yeah. And now, now that I'm 26, or about to be 26, and I feel like I could I could make a team, but high school and is long yeah, past. And you're not going to have mom's health insurance anymore. I know, dude, that's scary. But we're not trying to poop on that parade right now. We're I'm on some. I finally got on some. We're pooping. Congratulations. We're pooping on Zion Williamson's parade. Um, it's cheap shit. Okay. But just enough to, to cover a doctor's visit. I don't need a doctor. <laughs> I can feel my own balls. Okay. <laughs> No winner. <laughs> You're going to be Ron Swanson with a hernia there, just not being able to move. <laughs> I had a hernia, and I was able to ignore it for about 30 years. <laughs> okay. Uh, so, yeah, I'm not sold on Zion, but Duke is still winners because they battled back against Louisville. That was like twenty something point, twenty three point deficit. I know I started that out with college basketball, but that are that you gonna? Are you gonna? It doesn't really matter long, until tournament. I'm only gonna ride that Zion train for you. Not. I'm gonna Zion. ride it into the ground. So until you're gonna be like. You're gonna be like. You're gonna be like uh, uh, was Max who has the Tom Brady take and so he just keeps saying it's bound to happen. You just <laughs> bound, bound to happen. Told you, so, I told you so. <laughs> I don't care if I gotta wait six years. I'll be on the sports radio somewhere in in the Ozarks, you know, and and I'll be uh I'll be telling. I've been saying this since I had a podcast in my parents' garage. I was, you know, I I told you Zion was not everything he was cracked up to be. Uh, granted, in eight years, he could develop. But all I'm saying is right now, people are just being like, he's going to come in and he's going to affect the league. <laughs> yeah, okay. Have fun you, playing against you, other professionals. If you to paint Zion's body blue, he looked like he just came out of uh, the movie Monsters, Inc. You think he looks like Sully? Yeah, he looks like he looks like a Sully with no, uh, with no fur. Okay. I'm not going to touch that because uh, <laughs> he'd also need spots, too, and a sock on his back. 
But uh, I will say at 280 pounds, you know what's funny is too like he's just now playing a what's the longest that you play in a high school basketball year? You play 30 games, 33 if you're lucky, making it to state. Plus his AAU games, which is cool. You know, you do that on the weekends. Very cool. Um, but then you have to take into effect college basketball, maybe 40 games tops if you make it through the tournament. Now go play in the NBA where you're playing twice as many games. You're still carrying around that 280-pound frame. I'm sure the body's bound to break down. I'm not wishing injury on him because that's not cool. That's just not what you do. I'm just saying I'd be willing to bet money on it that that's going to come into account, like take into account. LeBron, does LeBron weigh 280? 260. Yeah, okay. Well, 20 pounds is a difference. Same, same height, 20 pounds, huge difference. You're running around without a, without a weighted vest on. Yeah. Imagine that. You know? Un- unreal. Absolutely yeah. unreal. Okay. I could sense your sarcasm. So Duke is the W, but I'm still not sold on Zion. It's whatever. All right. Uh, news broke earlier today. Next up on the winners losers list, Joe Flacco has been traded from the Baltimore Ravens to the Denver Broncos. Denver Broncos were recently quarterbacked by Case Keenum, or as John Elway likes to call him, Case Keenum, after the guy who voiced Scooby Doo or Shaggy in Scooby Doo. Fun fact there. Uh, 41 starts over the last three seasons for both Joe Flacco and Case Keenum. Joe Flacco's stat line, you ready for this, Flynn? Yeah. 50 touchdowns, 34 picks, 63.8 completion percentage, 82.6 quarterback rating, and he averaged 242 yards a game. Another yards a game stat, eh, that's whatever. Case Keenum, 41 starts, 49 TDs, 33 interceptions, 63.8 completion percentage, 86 quarterback rating, but only 235.1 yards a game. Mm. That's where I tweeted out Danny Wright, a local DJ here in in Sonoma County on the river. I tweeted at him, insert Spider-Man meme here. You know the cartoon one where the Spider-Mans are pointing at each other? Yes, very funny meme. Because I'm just saying, that's what... I couldn't get the quote. T- I couldn't get the meme. Is on there the quote a Shark tweet. Boy and Lava Girl meme? Oh, I'm sure it's out there. I gifts, gifts that. are where it's at, man. The gifts are cool because it gives you that three seconds of like, let me, let me. My favorite, just my favorite one, one, my favorite one is from the. Uh, what's that really funny uh, cartoon? that's on FX. Um, Archer. Archer, and it's the old woman that just has her hand over her body, and just goes like that, and it's sploosh. Has her hand over her what? Looks <laughs> like this, just. <laughs> oh my! <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's a funny one. I would respond. Just, that dro- just drop that. With and the, just drop that in a group text. Every once in a while, with the blinking guy <laughs> gif. That's what I'd respond that back with. Is that surprise? Or the one with the guy who like this guy's got puts his hand over his chest and like and like big gasp. Oh, excuse me. I like the one of the guy at the party who gives you that side eye with the duck face. Just a, mm, I don't know about that. Just oh yeah, that, yeah that's, nope. That's a good one. Yeah. All right, uh, but yes, back to <laughs> Joe Flacco. Uh, dude, John Elway and his quest to find a quarterback is... is I think this one could work, though. Really? He's the, their offensive coordinator is very, very similar to what Shanahan ran. So is this a win for Denver or is it a win for Baltimore? I think it's a win for Denver. Cause their, defense, their defense is going to be something to reckon with. Okay. With Vic Fangio there. And then they have Joe Flacco. And he'll be able to move the ball. They'll be able to move the ball, I think. Okay. Um, their, their, their offensive scheme has Greg Roman, who was the old Niners OC, which was not the greatest. It makes sense if you're John Elway because you have uh, been physically incapable of drafting a quarterback, so why not go this out is and better get a guy than, This is better than anything he's had since Peyton Manning. Well, that's it, you would, would you like to go down that yellow brick road of, of quarterbacks that he's tried I out? I would not because I would puke. Trevor Simeon. Oh. Brock Osweiler. Uh, Paxton Lynch. 
Brock Osweiler again. Case Keenum. Now we've reached Joe Flacco. Like, he had it. He had something there with Tim Tebow, and then he realized, okay, I can't rely on Tim Tebow. He had something momentarily with Tim Tebow. I can't get Tim Tebow. Went out and got Peyton. Did well with an established quarterback. Then Peyton got real old real fast, and it was just like, oi. And then you struggled to find these quarterbacks in the draft. So it makes sense. Go back and find an established quarterback. Now, is the same thing going to happen to Flacco that happened to Peyton Manning? I don't know. We'll but it's out. definitely a quarterback that has shown he can ride a defense to a Super Bowl <laughs> victory. So <laughs> all I'm saying is that the Broncos probably have Eli Manning in the uh, scope for next year should the Joe Flacco experiment not work. Yes. Uh, I'm pretty sure they're going to have to sign him to an actual contract. Of course, that transaction does not go through until later on when the league year actually begins. So we have a month of looking at this. Oh, by the way, Joe Flacco is technically a Denver Bronco, uh, but still a Baltimore Raven. It's kind of weird. All right, next up on the winner's losers list, Chris Bosh has announced that he will retire at the end of the NBA season. Flan, is Chris Bosh a Hall of Famer? Uh no, I won't say he's a Hall of Famer. But I think he should get his. I think he's getting jersey retired, isn't he? He will get his jersey retired. I think, it's I think funny that you I bring think, that up. I think that's res- I think it's respectable. That's a giant L for that franchise for the Miami Heat. Okay, I don't think so. Oh yes, they're gonna retire LeBron James, Dwayne Wade, and Chris Bosh's jersey. When they're, gonna, the, they're gonna do the same exact thing for the Warriors. The only people that deserve to have the jersey retired from the Miami Heat out of that entire run are Dwayne Wade, Udonis Haslam, and Ray Allen. And you look at me funny with Ray Allen. Ray Allen. I'm not looking too funny, by the way. Ray Allen hit a game-winning. Oh, I'm saying for the listener, who's, you know, Ray Allen hit a game, a series save, a final saving three when half the fan base had exited stage left because they thought it was over. They had brought the Larry O'Brien out on the tr- on the court. Ray Allen would never have came there if it wasn't for LeBron. It doesn't matter. Okay, Le- why are you gonna give? Why are you gonna retire the jerseys of guys that left your franchise in shambles? Do you know what the Heat did to clear way for LeBron, Bosh, and and uh, LeBron? They traded away uh, Bosh, LeBron, and then to have Wade, they traded away uh, like all the draft picks that they had, and they went with the whole. That's what started this whole new trend of we're gonna sign guys to one two year deals where they can opt in and out, and we'll opt in and Bosch out. Bosh was a class act. He took the high road all the time in Miami. He had an unfortunate health scare. He probably would be. This probably be, probably be one of his like last year. This year probably be his last year in the league. Still, if he was healthy, um, I think he is deserving of getting his jersey retired from Miami Heat. And you could argue that maybe. I mean, this one's a stretch. I'm gonna preface this with it's a stretch. Does Dwayne Wade deserve it oh, with yeah. four championships? He he, right? the, he he brought that organization back. But he took off for Chicago, and then yeah, got tra- he, and then he had a chance to come back and went to Cleveland. And then finally decided to come back to Miami and was like, "Hey, let's do one last okay, hurrah." Well, you can do the same thing with Shaq then. And by all accounts, and by all accounts, in Orlando. Okay. Yes. No. We know that Shaq started to. He's the rainbow. You could do the the jersey, the the rainbow with his jerseys that he's had. I mean, you're gonna have you're gonna you're gonna be getting Durant's, Curry's, well, that's Clay's, what I'm saying. and this, Draymond's jerseys. In this era, it's not. Is now. it really worth retiring jerseys? Because like you look at somebody like Steph Curry and Clay Thompson. And Draymond, those guys have been there for their entire career. I've, I can make a bigger case than KD. KD won his championships in Oakland, so of course it would make sense for him to get it retired there, I guess. But like, and it also depends on what happens afterwards because this is what I'm getting at. It was, by all accounts, that big three in Miami was a complete and utter disaster. You could argue, right? What were we promised? We yeah, were promised seven. not six, not seven, not eight. And LeBron barely hung around for four years, and I know that they made it to the finals each of the years, you know, and they I think they won what well, they won three titles, 
They went three and one. You, two. Uh, two. So they won two titles. They lost. They lost the first one to <laughs> Dirk. Bless you. Ugh. Which, when people like to say that it's unfair that LeBron has to go up against a three-headed monster like KD, Steph, and Clay. Okay, Dirk Nowitzki. He did it four. If you if it was yeah. Okay, but that's what I'm saying is that D- yeah. So D Wade's got three rings, not four. Excuse me. You could argue he left twice. And then it, the franchise has been disarray ever since because they just absolutely let LeBron take reins of that operation. Actually, the only thing they didn't do was fire Spolstra when he wanted him to because uh, Pat Riley decided to flex his spine then. Mm-hmm. All right, uh, next up on the – so I'm going to say Chris Bosh, that's a W, but the Heat retiring the big three jerseys, that's a no. I don't like that at all. All right, uh, next up I saw a tweet on the Twitter machine that said – uh, the dunk contest three or three years ago with Aaron Gordon in it, they deemed Ball is Life deemed that the best dunk contest ever. And I'm just going to go and give them the L right now mm-hmm. because they clearly forgot about the display that Vince Carter put on. They clearly forgot about the display that Jay Rich put on. And they clearly forgot about the duels that went on between Dwight Howard and Nate Robinson. Also, Michael Jordan back in the day. Well, Michael and Dominique, yes, I grew up. We grew up watching that footage, but we didn't actually experience those dunk sure. contests. I was trying to, you know, cite contests that we've seen. Um, yeah, it was up there as one of the good ones, though. It was a good one, yes, but I do not think that it was the best one ever. I think that's, that's just not the best one ever. But like, in that's a recency compared, bias compared because to, compared all, to recent years, it's because so all bad. the all those recent ones have been terrible. Yeah, so was that I, one that had Harrison Barnes in it? Remember that one? I that, do not. That, 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 that might have been that year, though. Uh, well, then, then maybe that's why it made the other two look so good. <laughs> Harrison Barnes out there trying to dunk. All right, uh, next up on the winners losers list, Michael Jordan had some comments because uh, as the only as the owner of the team that's hosting the All Star Game, you have to do a little presser event, and he was asked whether uh, which which Im- which feat was more impressive, James Harden's streak of thirty plus games or Russell Wilson or I mean Russell Westbrook averaging the triple double. MJ gives a long winded answer. Doesn't really answer the question. Talks about how great of an ambassador they are for the game and how the game's evolved and all that. And then rephrases the question as he goes to answer it and says in the most MJ way possible, I think six championships is the most impressive. So take that, Russell Westbrook. Michael Jordan has the OG triple-double. You just want to get on Westbrook's ass. No, no. It's actually a joke I came up with post-workout when I was in the showers rinsing off, and I thought, Michael Jordan, owner of the OG triple-double. He had three championships twice. Okay? Mic drop. Yeah, you average a triple-double for a game, but what's it got you in the playoffs, Russell Westbrook? No. I actually like the way Russell Westbrook has played this year. I, I have. I would like to make a note that I have not gotten on his – I have not ridden Russell Westbrook as hard. But then again, playoffs haven't started, so I haven't started nitpicking certain teams in the playoffs that I just don't like for whatever reason. Okay, so MJ's comments. I'm giving him the W because MJ always finding a way to make it about MJ and reminding you how great MJ was. So props to Michael Jordan there. Last up on the winners-losers list, I don't know if you were paying attention at the uh, Kentucky game. I think it was last night. But uh, did you see anybody, anybody's familiar face in attendance? I did. Anybody rocking a specific school? Papa John. Yep. Kentucky shirt. So Papa John was rocking University of Kentucky gear, and it's just a little funny because I'm pretty sure you had your name plastered on the Louisville Stadium before all that stuff with you apparently allegedly being misquoted and allegedly using some racial terms in a boardroom meeting cost you your position at the company that you built. I just, you know, there's no loyalty anymore. <sighs> Papa John rocking UK gear. Never thought I'd see it. I'm, so I'm giving him the L. Can I give him the L? 
Yeah. Okay. He's getting the L. Papa John's getting the L. Yeah, for that's loud shit. Okay. Yeah. I was thinking more of doing the whole Drake thing where it's like, hey, I don't think anything will best ever. I, ever had. I don't think anything will ever top Drake dressing up in full University of Kentucky regalia and going and participating in the warmups and airballing his shot. Like you are a 20-something-year-old. I understand you never had the chance to do it at a college game, but do it for the pros, man. Take advantage of that stage. But then you go to do it in a college game because you're the ultimate fanboy, and then you airball this shot. Oh, that's tough. So Papa John making Drake look uh, good for him. Look better there in that situation. That's tough. All right, uh, now it is time for the pop culture update. Are you, are you stupid? It just doesn't matter. It just doesn't matter, but we're still going to talk about it anyway. Why? Well, because it's in the news. That's why. Flan, I'll let you start off with the pop culture update. Go ahead. Thank you, sir. Um, first, I'm going to start off with today is the 10-year anniversary of what, Jeff? Breaking Bad? So far gone. So far gone. Okay, my bad. I was I was completely distracted by an off mic conversation that we had. That before. is when Drake just took over. So I just got done trashing him, but now happy <laughs> ten year anniversary, Drake. Yes. To so far gone. That, what songs were on that? Uh, the one I remember is best I ever had was on. Is it Houston, Atlanta, Vegas on that one too? I don't remember. It's been it's been a long time since. Well, look up the track listing, man. Well. I'm trying to save some bat for uh, the gym, dog. Yeah, that's rough. Do you have a car charger? Hey, that was an F-bomb. That's a fine. All right, I'm not paying it. Dollar fine for playing. All right. So far gone had on it. Oh, I thought those were all track listings. (laughs) (laughs) Had on (laughs) it. Like, oh, okay, yeah. Yeah, House of Ten Las Vegas is on there. Successful, best I ever had. Uptown, I'm going. I just want to be. I'm going in. The common fear. Okay. Uh, so yeah, good for Drake. All right. Also, I think uh, if you're reading this, it's too late. Came out back in 2015. Four same. years ago, yeah. Yeah. Do you? Okay. Uh, next up on the pop culture update. Um, they're making a sequel to Breaking Bad, and it's gonna be. Starring Aaron Paul to be the main character. Yeah, bitch! Oh. Sorry, that was what he says in, in the series. But yeah, well, bitch. That's coming up. Magnets. Love magnets. All right. Um, anything else for you on the pop culture update? That is it. Okay, I got two. Sorry, I'm writing down. Also, Chris Thompson is very hot. Okay. Shout out to Chris Thompson. <laughs> And if you're still listening at this point, that might be a hint at whose nudes he was looking at <laughs> earlier. Oh, okay. All right. Uh, for my pop culture we'll update, cut, we'll cut that out. I got a couple. Maybe, maybe we won't. All right. Uh, Chuck E. Cheese denies recycling leftover pizza slices after uh, Shane Dawson video goes viral. So on Monday, YouTuber Shane Dawson released his new video investigating conspiracies, which addressed speculation that restaurant chain Chuck E. Cheese serves uneaten pizza slices to unsuspecting customers. The company has since denied the allegations, saying each za, <laughs> apostrophe za, is handmade, which means the amount of sauce, cheese, and toppings might vary, but it still tastes great. I wonder what the Chuck E. Cheese CEO looks like. Have you ever wondered that? I always been like a clown-looking guy. 
Like a really like like fat white guy. You mean it's not the the mouse? Like they look similar to the mouse, but like just fat and white. Just the mouse was modeled after Thomas him. Leverton. What does this dude look like? He is a skinny white dude with a comb over. Okay. So that probably one of the seven standard imi- or that images is the that comes creepiest to mind with the mouse ever. Oh, the updated one. The smile is like a Joker smile. Yeah, the new, the new. Uh, oh, it's rough. Okay, and then last up on my uh, pop culture update right here, there is a store owner in Colorado that is closing down shop. He can no longer afford uh, to pay the lease on the building that he is renting because. Earlier in the football season, when Nike ran its cap campaign, guess who went and decided to pull all the Nike apparel in his store? This shop owner. And then what has happened since has just been a decline in business. Mm-hmm. Uh, apparently, he was going out of business, had a sale. A lot of people showed up, and uh, people were interviewed saying, oh, yeah, the only reason I came was because of the sale. He, did, he didn't have any Nike gear, no basketball jerseys. He ran a sports apparel store and had no Nike gear and went out of business because he... Was uh, he was, what am I saying? Protesting the Nike ad with Cap. I saw a tweet that somebody said going out of business to own the libs, which I thought was pretty funny. But I mean, it's like, come on, people, right? Like, I would uh, like to know more about that story. I feel like there's more than just that. No, that was le- legit. Because a lot of times when the nowadays, especially with Twitter, in the last three, two, three years, you're if you. It was a push notification from uh, USA Today. Sure, but I I want I really I would like to know more about that story. Okay, I'm opening it up right now. It's from USA Today. It said sports store is forced to close after owners Nike Colin Kaepernick protest backfires. Nike's 2018 Just Do It campaign, which featured Colin Kaepernick, drew competing reactions. Okay, well, but was, was but was he like a big like thriving store beforehand, or was he just some just no name little store? Well, I'll let you figure it out from these four paragraphs right here. For Colorado Springs primetime sports owner St- Stephen Martin, it meant dropping all Nike gear. Now, his store is closing. Martin told KOAA.com that he will close his sports apparel store after 20 years because he can no longer afford his lease. Sounds like it was kind of successful. He was able to hang around for 20 years. He blamed his, he blamed his protests of Nike for playing a major part in the store's closure. Self-admission, man. Being a sports store without Nike is kind of like being a milk store without milk or a gas station without gas. How do you do it? They have a monopoly on jerseys, he told KOAA.com. Martin said he's the only full-service licensed fan shop between Castle Rock and the New Mexico border. Despite having all 32 NFL teams apparel in the store, he doesn't have any current players' jerseys because of a decision to drop all Nike apparel. So, yes, I would say jury is in. He did it to himself. Okay. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not saying that. I to just, like I just, want, I just want to know. Is with Twitter these I days. I got you. Yeah, no, a lot of reaction. People jump all over that, but that came from a verified news source. Uh, I like the Wall Street Journal. I I, that's what you said USA Today. Yes, I like USA Today. I like Wall Street Journal, and I like BBC News. That's the three places I trust my information from. Economist and Wall Street Journal. Okay. Okay. Well, we we meet halfway on one, one topic. All right. Anything else for you, Flan? Uh, as you're about to hit the nope. gym tonight. What's th- what's at the gym tonight? Shoulders, shoulders, shoulders. Okay. So if you're listening to this on Valentine's Day, Happy Valentine's Day to you and yours. Uh, what are you doing for Valentine's Day, Jim? Yep. I have no plans. You find a gym day. <laughs> Confident in you. I'm gonna make a 
nice dinner because where at at my house mm. make a nice dinner here because reservations are like impossible on valentine's day that is true you need to like a week out uh no dude you need to do it like two weeks out like two weeks out yeah and i did not do it two weeks out so instead i'm gonna make a really really nice dinner and then we'll watch is this the number one day for restaurants tomorrow we'll watch a movie uh it's either that or probably christmas eve because people just don't want to cook I feel like tomorrow's the business day for restaurants. Might be. Hmm. Be an interesting uh, poll to go around. All right, so yes, Flan's doing shoulders today. What's tomorrow, just in case the people are wondering? Uh, arm day, hitting the pipes. Okay, pythons. All right, uh, that'll do it for us. Follow him on the Twitter machine, at Brendan of SR5. Yes, you can sir. Follow me, at JW underscore CSR. You can follow the show on the Instagram, Izzle fam, at Cohort Sports Report. And uh, to the haters and losers, of which there are many. Please go fuck yourself. Until next time. Deuces. That's what I thought you said. Now let me offer this as a rebuttal. I'm pushing and popping. You and I ready, yo, happen. Moonwalk, Philly Jean, ooh, feeling like I'm Michael Jackson. OJ Glove don't fit this gig. Gotta go meet me there instead. Most of my friends were going flick. Danger if I'm off getting head. In the whip by a baddie. Text me that addy. Showing ass on Insta. Let them know you got a fatty. Where you been? I've been working. Even on damn sad days. Overtime on a holiday. Making that St. Pass Day. Time and a half in my bag. Louis a chap. Scaring. You don't know Jack. I gotta laugh. Cause what you thought? Kangaroo. Cute nigga, shit. They be saying I should model like this. You don't know squat, eh. pull up a squat. New kid, I'm squat. Wait till I drop. I can tell this. That girl be squat. Lulu lemons on B sting. Sleep together, that's dream team. I'm awake cause it's Monday. Start the week, shit, bullshit. I don't get paid enough to be here past the time of my full shift. Bet on Friday, I'm leaving two minutes early, chucking up the deuces. Vibrate, new phone, who this?